Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, TGIF, and welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hope you all are ready. It's a busy weekend going into the week. It is Super Bowl weekend. It's also Valentine's Day weekend. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. Just a reminder for some of you all that may have forgotten and need to uh, check on those flowers, check on those, that candy, check on those dinner reservations or whatever it else is. It's also a good weekend to, to celebrate love in a different way, celebrate love for your fellow human beings. And don't forget, um, they need donations for uh, the earthquake uh, survivors and uh, efforts that are going on in uh, Turkey and Syria. So don't forget that. I've posted a link on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. I'll post some more. But what else do you have that can be donated? And where can it go? We're talking today with Lucy Giotto of Habitat for Humanity of Orange and Osceola Counties. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. So I got wind of your desire for property, for land, for uh, can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you're looking for and tell me about this project? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is an ongoing campaign. Um, as you know, affordable housing crisis is uh, such uh, at such a critical level in Central Florida, uh, particularly felt in, in our local communities. And land is critical need for Habitat for Humanity. It's uh, central to uh, achieving our mission of providing affordable homeownership uh, for the Central Florida area. And we need land to continue that mission uh, to build energy-efficient homes sold with affordable mortgages. So uh, we've started a land campaign because now more so than ever with um, the real estate market being as volatile as it is, uh, it's uh, really exacerbating the affordable housing crisis because there is so much more demand for affordable housing than there is housing available. And uh, we're... We're getting to the point where uh, Central Florida, as it's being built out, land is becoming uh, a scarce commodity. And so we're reaching out to our community and uh, potential partners in the area to uh, to purchase and have land donated uh, to be able to continue our mission. What is the usual way that Habitat identifies uh, land? I know you've done 
various subdivisions in, in low-income low areas, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a group of houses. So are you looking for a group of lots, a group of houses to restore? What are you looking for specifically? Mm-hmm. Honestly, we are looking for anything and everything. Um, as you mentioned, we do build several subdivisions. Uh, we're actually working uh, in a subdivision called Silver Pines Point right now, uh, located in Pine Hills. Um, but we also build uh, infill lots in existing communities. Uh, we're also building scattered lots in the Holden Heights area. Uh, we also build in Paramore. So while it is more efficient for us to build a subdivision because you have a large number of lots that are in close proximity, it allows us to build quicker. Um, it does take a while for that land to get to the point where it's developable because there are so many uh, other processes that we have to take that property through uh, with our local jurisdiction partners. So we are looking for larger tracts of land that would be suitable for a subdivision, but we're also looking for infill lots in existing communities that happen to be vacant right now. Um, a lot of our existing communities have a high vacancy rate uh, with vacant lands that is not contributing to the stability of that community. And uh, by purchasing those info lots, it allows us not only to continue to serve our Central Florida families with uh, affordable home ownership, but it allows us to make a positive impact on the surrounding community as well. A little bit about the process. Um, what can you tell a little bit? Give us a little bit of insight about that process because I, I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Um, about some of the land now some of the land is already I guess you could say buildable do you run into situations where the land is not buildable for example and you have to do converting and then I'm sure that requires in either case whether it's buildable or not it requires the permitting process as well and I'm sure that takes time correct it does uh particularly with larger tracts of land um especially in the areas that need affordable housing the most, finding a larger piece of land that is already buildable is getting harder and harder to find. Particularly, there's there's quite a bit of competition in the home building industry right now, especially with market rate developers. And so it is uh, sometimes more challenging for us to compete at the nonprofit level, um, being able to acquire a piece of land that's suitable for housing, but also is affordable to allow us to to continue our mission of building housing affordably. Um, that's a, a tough balance to strike. Um, and what we find is that a lot of the land that we're seeing that is available does take quite a long time to go through the approval process, whether we have to have it rezoned with the local jurisdiction uh, or have other types of processes that we go through. Sometimes it has wetlands on it that, of course, we don't want to impact if we can, um, because being environmentally conscious is also a a real pillar of, of what we do as well. Um, so making sure land that is high and dry um, with Hurricane Ian coming through last year, I think a lot of people were shocked by just the amount of severe flooding uh, that we experienced in areas that had never flooded before. So that's also something that's always in the forefront of our minds when we're looking for property. So 
the first hurdle is even to finding property that's large enough to accommodate a subdivision, but that's also suitable to build and ensure that our home buyers are being placed into a safe environment um, that that is going to be secure for the long term. Uh, and then look, working with our local jurisdiction partners to see, okay, what do we have to do? Is it as simple as creating a subdivision plans where we lay out our lots and roads to access the property? That takes sometimes quite a long time to get through the process. Uh, and then building the infrastructure. Uh, that's the downside of finding a larger piece of land is then you have to build the roads and install utilities to access the interior of that property to lay out a subdivision. Uh, so it can take anywhere from two to three years once we find a suitable piece of land to get it to the point where we can start building homes on it. So it's, it's definitely not a short-term fix for uh, our land needs. It's, it's definitely a much larger project. Worthwhile, but it does take some time. So help me with a, a timeline per se in in terms of from actually acquiring the land the land is that does belong to habitat from that point mm -hmm. to groundbreaking what is usually the average time that we're seeing if we are looking at a larger piece of land it can take several years um, but generally once we have a lot that is ready to go it's buildable um, we can move into the building permit process uh, typically it takes us three to four weeks to permit and then it will take us five months from the time that we get a permit in hand to the time that we get final approval from the jurisdiction and a certificate of occupancy. Once we uh, receive that, then we can work uh, to get the home buyer that has been approved for that property to the closing table as soon as possible. And uh, we try to keep that down to uh, a few weeks if we can. Um, but with the way our structure works, um, there are a lot of pieces that go into play even after we finish uh, building on the property to get them ready to close. Okay. So is it easier for you, let's say, if someone is donating land or, or a property, is it easier for you if they are able to already get it permitted before they put it in your hands? Absolutely. Um, that That is such a, a blessing to us because it saves us time and it saves us money and it gets a, an affordable house ready to go much quicker. So Obviously, we would always be looking for something that's what we call entitled, which means it already has the permissions that need to be in place for us to build residential uh, units on it. Okay. So um, let's okay. Let's say I'm a person that has a, a spare piece of, of land, and I'm able mm -hmm. to get it permitted. What what does it need to be zoned for first of all? What do you, what do you usually what what is your zoning classification usually? Well, depending uh, depending on the loc the location, um, our affiliate serves uh, a large uh, portion of Orange County and then also all of Osceola County. So we do work with a number of jurisdictions, but generally anything that is zoned for single family residential. Um, typically is fairly easy then to go and build upon. 
do you do anything other than single family residential, uh, you know, single family home? Do you do any uh, multifamily properties? It's something that habit, the habitat model has always been built based on single family home ownership. That being mm-hmm. said, uh, the needs in our community have evolved over time, and single family home ownership is is not a, a, a universal fix. Um, so mm-hmm. we are always looking for uh, ways to remain relevant to the needs of our community, and that includes looking at other types of homeownership opportunities, such as townhomes, condominiums, um, zero lot line development. So while we have traditionally stuck with a single family model, it's not something that we're tied to, uh, especially mm-hmm. recognizing the limited amount of land that is left uh, to develop in Central Florida, uh, a lot of times you have to be willing to go down a new path to build uh, the number of units that you really need to make an impact. Well, just just speaking from my perspective, I'm very appreciative of the fact that you do focus in on single-family homes because I, I think that people have gotten to the point where they equate um, low income or affordable housing with uh, everything having to be multifamily homes with everything having Mm -hmm. to be on top of each other and families Mm -hmm. uh, who have, you know, trouble affording houses aren't entitled to a yard for the kids to play in and stuff like that. And I guess for me, that is just such a big deal. I grew up, we, you know, moved a few times, but no matter where we moved, you know, and my parents weren't weren't rich at all, but they made sure Mm -hmm. we had a house with a yard for me to play in, you know, Uh, a a place where, uh, you know, where I could, you know, maybe have a swing or uh, possibly in some cases, in some cases being able to um, jump rope in my driveway or, or roller skate in my driveway or whatever, um, you know, and, and with it being such a precarious situation now for kids with uh, people not knowing their neighbors, um, you know, or, or be going outside of the neighborhood uh, being a little bit more dangerous than it used to be, I think it's important mm-hmm that we, uh, you know, adhere as much as possible to the single-family home model for those that, and and make it affordable for everybody, you know, so I I appreciate that about what you all do, so so we're going to take a quick break. I'm here with Lucy, and I hope I didn't I didn't mispronounce your name. Could you tell me what your last name is? I said Giotto. It's actually pronounced Gitto, not at all like it looks. Wow. Okay. So Lucy Gitto <laughs> is here with us from Habitat for Humanity. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. 
turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Well, not yet. I'm, like, I'm rushing. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We have Lucy, Lucy Gitto here with us from Habitat for Humanity. We want your spare land. Um, and the number, if you have questions or comments, comments is 516-387-1944. I want to ask you, though, do you um, – allow people, for example, to leave their existing homes um, in their wills for you? We do. We have had that uh, occasion happen in the past uh, where people have uh, deeded property to over to us in their wills, whether it was a vacant piece of land or an existing home. So absolutely. Is it easier for you to work with a property from the ground up, or um, are there benefits or deterrence to having something that's already ready to, to some extent? Honestly, there are a lot of factors that go into that question. Um, sometimes uh, it is easier to have a property that's already been built. And then we can go in and um, repair what needs to be repaired, update what needs to be updated, and then put that into our home ownership pool. Um, But sometimes if a property is in uh, particularly poor condition or uh, needs quite a bit of updates, uh, that can be a very expensive um, venture. And especially if the real estate market, you know, we, we sell our homes at market rate or at appraised value because mm-hmm. uh, we don't want to artificially depreciate the values in a neighborhood. So what we do is while we sell the property at a appraised value, we then work with our lenders and other local governments, state and federal funding to provide enough down payment assistance to bring the mortgage down to an affordable level for our home buyers. But when we are looking at a market that's very high, if we acquire a piece, uh, acquire a home that requires quite a bit of work, um, sometimes it can cost more uh, than we're able to put into it. And at that point, uh, land, vacant land, becomes a more desirable uh, item. So a lot of it just depends on the condition of the home and what the real estate climate looks like at the time that we acquire that piece of land. And then how do you match up the people that are applying for uh, housing through Habitat with the property? So what we do is uh, we have uh, our homeownership program. Um, we open and close it, kind of turning a valve um, as we need homeowners uh, to enter into the program. Uh, for example, we're getting ready to open up uh, for new applications again soon. And uh, as people go through the application process and are qualified, we then look at uh, the locations where we're building. Uh, Because we do build in specific areas, we try to be efficient in the way that we build. And we tend to build in two different locations at once. 
One, it allows us to uh, provide our home buyers with options as far as locations that might be more convenient to where they and their families need to be. Um, but it also, it, it doesn't scatter us out too much. So we, we limit ourselves to two locations so that we can make a greater impact in those neighborhoods rather than kind of spreading ourselves too thin. So once a homeowner gets through the approval process, we will then uh, look at their needs both financially and from a location standpoint and show them what we have available as far as what we're built, the locations that we're building. Uh, and they have typically, they're able to have several different options as far as lot selections where they would be, like to be located. Okay, so let me um, let me go back to your needs in terms of of property. What is the process for getting a property to Habitat to use? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure also for those that are just donating rather than selling, uh, there's going to be a question about the tax write-off. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And what if they're donating a piece of land to us, um, when uh, they get in touch with us, we do some due diligence on the property to make sure it is something that we can accept. Uh, we want to make sure, one, that it's located within our geographic service area. Uh, that Again, that's you know the majority of Orange County and then all of Osceola. Uh, we also want to make sure that it's suitable for residential construction, uh, that it's not located in an industrial area or things of that nature and that it can actually accommodate a home. And then we look to make sure that it has clear title um, so that we can also uh, sell. Uh, the home to one of our homeowners in the future. So once we take it through that kind of due diligence process, uh, we would begin um, the closing paperwork. And what happens then is then we give the uh, person who is donating the property uh, a letter that reflects the value of the land uh, that they can then use um, once it's time to file taxes for a, a tax um, for tax deductions. Okay. And then I know you mentioned with regards to the purchase, um, trying to not devalue the home to do things in, mm -hmm. uh, to make, let's say, purchases in keeping with the uh, current market value. But that's how do you – so do you, though, monitor timing in terms of the housing market, whether uh, in terms of when to make those purchases? We do. We try to be very um, – conservative about when we are aggressive. Uh, for example, one reason we need land so desperately right now is because the real estate market has been so high over the past year or so, it hasn't been financially possible for us to buy land that's affordable for enough for us to then build on it and sell it. Um, so, in times when the real estate market is just really, whether it's really high or if it's just really unstable, we tend to be more conservative. 
uh, in acquiring lands. We're always looking because uh, we can't ever looking for land. It's it's critical to have anywhere from a three to five year land pipeline to make sure that we have the flexibility to continue building at a steady pace. Um, but we do approach land purchases with caution to make sure that one, the location is right for us, but then also that we're buying the property uh, at a price that allows us to continue building affordably. Yeah, I know you said you can't necessarily stop looking because I, I know you talked about how long that process takes. And so mm -hmm. uh, you could very well be caught without anything to build upon and that doesn't help you as an organization and it doesn't help the people who are in need of housing especially with the amount of people that are coming into central florida on a regular basis looking for some place to, to be able to live um yes so so anyway i i know also too you do get um corporate donors or corporate uh, sponsorships or manpower to help you out. Can you talk a little bit about uh, who helps you when um, you're able to secure this land and, and how, how, you know, when you're trying to get that process started? Sure. Uh, we have a, a number of different donors and sponsors, everyone from private corporations. We also uh, partner quite a bit uh, with our local jurisdictions for grant funding, um, both at the state and the federal level. They have funding for affordable housing that they give to local governments that then pass that on to developers who can create uh, affordable housing. Uh, so we work uh, very closely with them to take advantage of any and all grant opportunities that we can, both to acquire land and then also to build on it. Um, the, that is really critical to us being able to continue to build affordably, but then also working with uh, private donors who are also looking to contribute to their community. Quite often they will uh, provide funding for whether it's for land acquisition or for sponsorship of home building. Uh, everything that, that is provided to us from a sponsorship level uh, allows us to continue building affordable. So uh, both avenues are, are absolutely critical to our mission. So how do we reach out? How do we contact you or, or whoever we need to reach out to for, ha for Habitat for Humanity in terms of being able to, to donate? Um, and also, can you tell us, I don't know if, if you have time or whatever, but can you tell us a little bit about any upcoming projects that you all have going on right now in addition to uh, the, the outreach that you're doing for the land? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, we do have uh, quite a presence on social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and we do have our land campaign uh, posted on those platforms with a QR code that people can scan in that will take us uh, straight to our land uh, land acquisition page. Uh, it gives uh, some details both from a donation standpoint and if they're looking to sell us property because we're de definitely interested in doing both. So I'd recommend checking out Habitat Greater Orlando and Osceola on any of those social media platforms and they'll see links to our land page. Um, but as far as some upcoming projects that we have, uh, a project that we have every year that we're always very excited for is our Builder's Blitz. 
Um, for anyone who's not familiar, that's where we partner with local builders to build a home in five days. Um, oh, wow. And our, our 2023 uh, Builders Blitz is getting ready to kick off next week. Uh, this year, we're partnering with Park Square Homes, and they will be building a home for us in five days. Uh, so it's always such a great event to, to see, to be a part of. There's so much wonderful energy. Um, this is going to be our fourth year um, doing a Builders Blitz in Silver Pines Point, which is our community in Pine Hills. Um, so it's just such a great way to engage the community in what we do and engage with our building partners because they work incredibly hard. They leverage resources on their own. They work with their vendors to get donations of materials and services. They project manage um, the whole process. And uh, they partner with us to, to build us a home in a very rapid turnaround time. It's, it's, um, it's an event that we look forward to every year, and we're excited to get started next week. Sounds good. Have I missed anything? Is there something that you really want to get across before you go? I just uh, I appreciate uh, the platform, um, you know, as we know, with the affordable housing crisis uh, at such a critical point, uh, okay. especially in our local community. Every um, opportunity that we have to speed up our process to get housing available to the people who need it the most um, is appreciated and um, land is one of the things that's really has the ability to prevent us from meeting our goals. Uh, and so um, getting the word out there and um, making people aware, not just of our needs, but the needs of the local community uh, and having an avenue to keep land local and uh, ensure that it is going to be used towards affordable housing, I think, is a worthwhile effort. So very much appreciate the time. Well, we appreciate your efforts. And, and you know, I've, I mean, uh, <laughs> I've had various members from Habitat on during during the course of the show, and I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan for a very long time uh, since I found out about the efforts that you all did down at Homestead after Hurricane Andrew. Um, and, and, well, during before Hurricane Andrew, how, the quality of the homes that you had that withstood uh, the hurricane down there, and you all do good work. I've been a part of a couple of the Women Build projects, so I, I really mm -hmm. appreciate what you all do. Thank you for taking the time out to let us know what's going on. You have a blessed day. Uh, thank you so much. You too. Take care. Take care. We are going to take a quick break. What do you want to talk about uh, the number is 516-387-1944. You want to talk about Super Bowl? You want to talk about State of the Union? Did, uh, did, I didn't get any feedback from anybody on that, so if you want to talk about that, you're welcome to join us. My friend Stephanie Duke is going to join us in a minute. This is G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. 
wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event, need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast, let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon, PGIF. Happy Friday. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we want to, again, thank Lucy Guito from Habitat for Humanity of Orange and Osceola counties to tell us about the um, need for the land to do their projects on. So um, if you have, I'm going to post on the G's Power Hour Facebook page the information. And if you have um, land that you want to donate, um, that you have available now. If you are looking for somewhere to leave property once you have um, gone home to the Lord, uh, you can leave that as well. So um, at this point, I think they will take whatever you have. Just um, I would reach out to them too to make sure because one of the things that she says, it is helpful if the property is already zoned and ready to go. So whatever um, you're able to do to help them out, they would greatly appreciate. Stephanie, good afternoon. How are you? Hello, Lady G. Wonderful. And hello to your listening audience. So how have you been? What's been going on? We haven't we, <laughs> we haven't had a chance to really chat or see each other for a minute. So, you know, but life happens. You know, we have to, have to oh, handle our wow. business. Yes, life has been very, very busy uh, as it is. Uh, I felt like we finished the holiday season, and I thought after that I was going to have a nice relaxing time. And life (laughs) took another whole course of its own, as always, and Mm -hmm. you just have to be flexible to go with it. Um, You know, you talked about the, you know, what's going on. We've got the Super Bowl this weekend. Florida just finished a special session, uh, which just seems to be the norm now. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're <laughs> going to have not 24. So <laughs> yeah, special is not so special now in Florida. This seems to be the way that uh, when a subject needs to have special attention brought to it mm-hmm. and not to deal with the special needs, uh, pressing emergency needs of the state. Uh, so we've had so much going on, and just as I heard you say, the State of the Union, where the president uh, gave us the status of what's going on and, and gave us his agenda for where do we go from here, from where we are. So those was been a very exciting two months in the new year. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> it makes you kind of want that summer vacation already, but you know, oh. uh, or spring break, you know, mm. just a relaxing mm. spring break. Yeah, yeah. So um, you said you've been monitoring the the special sessions. What what is you what have you um, uncovered? What's been going on? Well, but the I guess one of the main highlights of the special session. Um, was the immigration uh, rule, you know, the, the, our governor 
was had several lawsuits that came about as the result of chartering two planes to take uh, some immigrants from Texas over to New York. So with that happening, he ended up under lawsuit. And one of the areas that they were sued upon had to do with that he used state money to deal mm-hmm. with business outside of the state of Florida. So the special legislative session, you know what they did? They came back and said, oh, let's give him the authority to do that. So now Florida money is being used to uh, the bill passed, giving the that range of discreteness to spend money to help other states deal with their issues. And uh, he's now, as we know, has been projected that he plans to run for the president. So he wants to know that Florida takes care of other issues outside of the state of Florida. And he did to, the governor did throw in, you know, the caveat that says, oh, but we just had a flood of migrants come aboard in Florida Keys. So this is this is our borders being violated. You know, we've been having this going on since Florida has been Florida. Right. So that right. is one yeah. So that's, that's what happens when you have the main Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have a peninsula and you have all of this water and you have various people just, you know, trying to make their way from you know, situations that aren't aren't you know, favorable that are hard to live with, you know, and, and and you have a state that promotes the sunshine and the and the sparkling waters and everything else. You know, you make it appealing for people mm-hmm. to, to try to get here. Hey, that's how America was created the name America, you know. You we had yeah. other countries came to the land of, of the American Indians and decided to discovers that oh we discovered this and then mm-hmm. renamed it you know yeah uh, and then so people have been coming to these shores for generations and generations and if the indians the american indians um created such a law to say oh no you cannot inhabit this land but they were being good citizens and and good human beings and extend it out, say, hey, you know, the the land is here. There's more than enough. And welcomed them into the land, taught them about the land, and unfortunately, um, you know, Mm -hmm. they dominated. Others came in and then wanted to say, we don't want to share. We want to dominate. Uh, so kind of what we have still going on. Yeah, I know. I was thinking kind of about that the other day, um, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, this this good, I'm about to quote somebody that I don't like, but anyway, there's good and bad on all sides. But um, the thing is, is that I think about the people that initially came over here from Europe and you know how we are uh, some of 
uh, some of our officials are always trying to discern between uh, the good people and the not-so-good people that come into our country. And I keep wondering sometimes, is, did we have maybe some of those, a lot of those not-so-good people, the outcasts, the people that couldn't make it um, on, the, on the other side of the seas? And they came and the, and they came here and just kind of imposed their bad behavior upon uh, the Native Americans and and, and others, because mm-hmm. this is really you know it's really hard to see anyone that's been untouched from you know some of the bad behavior from the people that colonized the country. Mm-hmm. So you know. And, and, you know, I don't like to lump people together, but, you know, like I said, I I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, you know, uh, African-Americans suffered, Native Americans, um, you know, uh, even um, Hispanic-Americans suffered those that were, you know, there's back and forth between, uh, you know, English settlers and uh, Mexican, the Mexican people in terms of, the border, you know, in terms of what what land belongs to whom, you know. So exactly, I I, I don't always agree with the um, what is it to the victor belongs the spoils. You know, I don't think that everything needs to be conquered. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you but know, here, this is of- where we are. You know, and speaking of conquering, one of the other bills that didn't get as much hype uh, that was taken up in this special session was the ability of the athletes to uh, to financially profit on their their name, their image, their brand, where the schools have been. And Florida, actually, uh, the legislation that was on the floor was to give the colleges a little more flexibility in assisting the athletes with their branding because other states do allow the, the colleges to to interact with the students a little bit more than Florida does. And Florida's athletic college, athletic programs are saying, you know, this has been a deal breaker for them for their top recruits to go elsewhere instead of coming to Florida. So that amendment also, uh, that was put out on the floor that so the colleges could enter to be able to interact with that branding because, as you know, the athletes are really, really making money off of their own brand instead of the school and the uh, um the different clothing companies being able to take their numbers and sell them on Jersey and make all of this a product and the athletes didn't have no benefit from it. So that was another one that they did put on the agenda for the special session uh, that we don't hear too much about when we talk about taking control over our on imaging uh, dominating, so that that one was a win for the athletes. What do you think about that bill? 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, we, we don't, that is something that you don't hear a whole lot about. And, uh, you know, it's, we, we do need to kind of pay more attention to uh, our situation with our athletes because I, I feel in some cases we just kind of use them for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we need to kind of uh, address more of their issues you know, and, and just realize they're not just machines. These are people, too, and they're not just there for our entertainment. You know, they they, they have their own uh, reasons while they're, they're uh, playing the sports. So Exactly. And, you know, this bill actually talks about, you know, time management, the financial uh, literacy training part of it, things mm-hmm. that handling your brand, we no matter what your industry in, Business management is key, and mm-hmm. these young men and women are in a business, and their business, their product is their skill, their skill and ability to excel at what they do above everyone else. So they need to know before they turn pro, and, you know, we hear all these cases of, athletes getting millions and millions of dollars and then all of a sudden being broke. So a Mm -hmm. lot of, I think it's very important as we know, education is about college education is about a wide being broad uh, and then having your area of specialty, but knowing how to uh, be able to excel in a wide variety of fields, uh, as we call them disciplines. So, and then we have our specialty area. So that I thought was exceedingly well, that they are giving them more assistance in those areas. And I'm glad that the other states have put the pressure on Florida to do what is the right thing to help the student athletes. Yeah. I think think we get caught up in, in, in some of the, I guess superficial benefits of living in Florida that we we forget that there's business sometimes you know and we get caught up with the hospitality and everything else it, we, there's business to be handled and we've got to do better about handling our business. You know? Mhm. Sometimes Most we need, need those wake up calls. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. Valentine's Day is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know this is off, off the subject that I said we were going to talk about, but I do want to ask this: How do you feel that it's, let's say, too commercialized now? Number one, or number two, that maybe enough of the right attention is not being paid to it as, in terms of what the, the meaning of it is. Um, and then the other okay. thing I think about. I, I, you know, I've been thinking about Valentine's Day recently because I was thinking also about our youth and examples that we set for our youth in terms of how we are to love one another. You know, yes, romantic love, but love in terms of our, our fellow human beings as well. And sometimes I don't think they see good examples or, or when they see them, they're very odd. For example, I remember my husband's niece, um, when she was, I would say, a a toddler or something like that. And 
my husband and I had a, a moment where we were just kind of kidding around, playing around, and then we were, you know, hugging and everything. And she looked at us as if that was the strangest thing that she had ever seen. And I, I said to myself, does she not, is she not exposed to positive human interaction between a man and a woman? You know, and I wonder sometimes about the examples that we set for our young people in terms of how we are supposed to love and respect each other, Um, you know, and do they understand or do we understand, even as adults, what romance and love and affection um, and friendship really mean? Oh, that's so interesting because I had a conversation earlier this morning with a friend and we were talking about how hateful politics has been turn, turned into as mm-hmm. like a I got you type thing. And I think mm-hmm. the for me the answer to your question lies in we show love every day and how we interact with one another. How mm-hmm. I interact someone for business, how I interact with you socially, how I interact with you just as for as with, with my partner. Uh, how do we communicate our actions to others is what we do every day. And that is where love comes through and how we show that. I think Valentine's Day for us has it become too commercialized. I don't think it's no more commercialized than anything else we do. And I think if it's the one Christmas and Valentine's Day are the the feel-good days that we mm-hmm. do commercialize them. But I believe, for me, it has to do what arena or, or what type of environment you're in for what you're seeing more of. Like for myself, uh, I've seen a lot of mental health commercials increase to draw awareness to yourself. Uh, I've mm-hmm. heard a lot more on the talk shows this last couple of weeks talking about self-love, talking mm-hmm. about what to really look for in relationships, how you have to be whole first before you go looking for someone else to make you whole. They're just supposed exactly. to be the the cake, um, but not your cake. So I think that is the twist that I think COVID-19 has brought about that we need has put more emphasis on the mental health part of of the love arena. And Mm -hmm. we have to really, really filter out all these other negative things that want to come in and take over that uh, shadow that love, treat each other with respect, you know, the golden rule, love others as mm-hmm. we love ourselves. You know, that doesn't mean that I won't have a difference of an opinion from you, but how right. I treat your opinion and how we dialogue in that opinion is what I think is most important. It is interesting what you just said, and I don't think a lot of people understand the love one another as you you love yourself. I don't think people realize what that means, and, and because mm-hmm. and the reason I say this is I think people don't understand about first loving themselves, 
I think people are, are kind of not loving themselves properly. And we're not necessarily, when we say love ourselves, it's not necessarily you're, you're lavishing, you know, stuff upon yourself. That's mm-hmm. not it. It's making sure that you treat yourself properly in, in so many ways. I even think that when we talk about diet or nutrition or health, if you are constantly inundating your body with too much sodium, too much sugar, too much fat, too too much of anything, then you're mistreating your body. You're not loving yourself, you know. And we're not saying mm-hmm. that you, you deny yourself the stuff that's appealing all the time. I think you have to have a balance. But I don't think people really look at, for example, their eating habits in, in, in terms of how they love themselves. I don't think people also look at the, their spirituality in terms of how they love themselves. You know, I, I think it's important to reinforce and reinvigorate yourself on a spiritual level. I think it's important that you do something in keeping with having a, a faith life, realizing that you are not in control of everything and there's a power greater than yourself. And uh, because, and once you realize that, and you realize that, for example, and you know, for those of us that believe in God, that God put you here because loved you. If that great being put you here because He loved you, then you have no excuse but to love yourself because you're already loved by God. So you have to, you have to look at what does it mean to love yourself. And I don't think that some of us get it because once you know how to, I think once you know how to love yourself, then you know how to love other people. You know, you know that is so true, Gretchen. But you know what the thing is to love ourselves to on that depth of a level that you went into just then, the spirituality uh-huh. and the relating the food to to loving myself. That takes work. That it's takes a process. So much work that I rather most people would rather mm-hmm. just pick up and eat whatever, and don't want to look at is what is my eating really related to doing the mm-hmm. work on what am, mm-hmm. am I, am I feeling stressed right now? Why do yeah. I need this comfort food? What am mm-hmm. I covering up? And uh-huh. that goes by and to I, mental health thing. And it takes time because some people don't get it right away. I mean, I know I didn't get it right away, but I know right now I can tell my husband in a moment, I need some chocolate right now <laughs> or something, mm-hmm. not just because, you know, I'm wanting or had a taste for it, but, you know, I have certain things that I go to when I am feeling stressed or overwhelmed. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not certain how to handle this right now. So appease me <laughs> with some chocolate until I can get a better handle on this right now. I know something's off, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, and then I've got, but the thing is, it's like, okay, realizing that, okay, that's just going to make me feel better for the moment, but that's not going to solve the issue. What do I need to mm-hmm. do to address it? You know, maybe I just need to step away. And then just finding other things. We we do use food quite often 
we, we use food in celebration, and there's nothing really wrong with that. Um, you know, we talk about uh, the Bible even talks about uh, Jesus breaking bread with with people. You know, that was a way of, of connecting. You know, of celebrating. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with food for celebration, for connecting, for a variety of reasons, for for making ourselves whole again. The key thing is what what are you what kind of food are you using and all that kind of stuff that takes that takes the extra effort that you were talking about you know mm-hmm. i was in yeah. i was in the store yesterday and i i was doing my little buy one get one uh shop that i do at one of our supermarkets um but and i was like oh that looks good oh my so good. and then something clicked in me for a quick second is like look at the label because I have a cousin who's a dietitian that has said, make sure that the food that you're getting, and because and, this was prepackaged food, which I try not to do so much of, but Super Bowl's coming up. But make sure mm-hmm. <laughs> the sodium or whatever that you're getting is no more than 20% of, of the value that, that you know, is, is being shown. So if it says, you know, how much, of the daily value of sodium it has, and that product has 37 to 40 to 42% of the daily value, you need to put it back on the shelf and learn Mm -hmm. how to make a better version of it yourself. And so that's what I found myself doing is like I grabbed some stuff that I really, really wanted, and I'm like, okay, nah, you know, I mean, every now and then, every few things you, you pick up, and uh, you know it's it's that one thing that maybe you treat yourself with, but you don't mm-hmm. need everything that you put in your cart to be in the thirties and forties, fifties. I've even seen some stuff that has seventy five percent of the daily value. You do not need to m- mistreat yourself. That is not loving yourself. Mm mm It is. It's not. And it's something we should uh, look at when we do it to say, hmm, what can I put in place before this feeling happened? Like you said, I, I give you a chocolate. We need to look at what it is that stimulates that and put it in effect before that happens. So that mm-hmm. instead of saying, hubby, give me a chocolate, it's like I know my new comfort food needs to be um, cucumbers. So I can have a, a set of cucumbers already sliced up and ready and prepared in the refrigerator. So when that happens, I can go to the healthier food choice mm-hmm. or that comfort food in that situation. So, again, that, that is, the, the cucumber is not going to take the place of the chocolate. I'm going to tell you that right now. However, I just eat a small, smaller piece of, of chocolate. Make sure okay. it's, and make sure it's quality <laughs> chocolate. That's one thing. Stop eating cheap food. Eat good food. <laughs> Treat yourself. Anyway, Stephanie, thank you for the time. <laughs> thank you. It went so fast. Thank you. You have a blessed weekend. And you all have a wonderful and blessed weekend. Stay safe. Be well. 
and enjoy your Super Bowl. Enjoy your honeys and enjoy your loved ones. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. If you have suggestions for topics you'd like for us to address, hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Be well. <laughs>